coming to get you, Barbara. I don't know what you come to do, but I come to praise me. Because you'll never be anything but a common frump whose father lived over a grocery store and whose mother took in washing. Hey y'all, welcome to Who Shot Ya? It's your boy, I'm your host, Ricky Carmona. To my left, I have the one and only host to the Switchblade Sisters podcast. It's our very own Max Funds. Sometimes it snows in April. April Wolf. April, what is good with you? I I have to come clean that, that Ricky actually gave me my what's good today because I have such a hard time finding them. I did. But the, the what's good is that um, uh, we voted. And my polling station, which was in a like a little middle school um, by my house, was filled. Mm. And it's a primary, and it was filled. And I have no idea what that means, but that's really amazing. So go voters. <laughs> Yay, voting. Yay, voters. <laughs> Can I give you an assist on what's good? Because uh, I also voted today, but I had no idea who or what to vote for. Yeah. But then yesterday you tweeted, I believe it was yesterday, you tweeted out a list of people if you're interested. In yeah, an just some possibilities, and you know. And you were like, do some research. Did not do the research. I did not. But I was like, yo, boom, thank I, like, you, April. I changed a few like from then. I was like, oh, maybe not that person. And I was like, oh, well, or whatever. They're all, they're not. They're not murderers. <laughs> that we know as far of. As, I, as far as I know. <laughs> oh, to my right, I have El Mero Mero de Navidad. He's the film reviews editor at the Rapti a man of podcasts, because you hear him everywhere, y'all. <laughs> Mr. Alonzo Doraldi. Alonzo, what is good with you, sir? Oh, God. Well, not my precinct, which didn't get any of their supplies, and we were all filling in temporary ballots, and it was a uh, mess. Yes. Yes. It was terrible. That's uh, terrible. But there were people who voted. At least they showed up and to, to be annoyed by it all. So that was great. Uh, what's <laughs> good is, and this may be one of my one of my gayest what's good ever's, <laughs> pink champagne. <laughs> I had some at a party this weekend, and I had not had it in years. And it's like, I think it's going to be my summer drink. Yes. That's what's Wait, up. Like, that's a, I mean, like, you could just drink that every day or like. Well, I mean, when I drink, which I is pretty rare. But I, <laughs> okay. if, if it were handed to me, yes, I, certainly. Pink champagne. Also, shout out to my DJ, Pink Champagne. <laughs> that's what's up, yo. Fantastic. And we have a special guest with us this week. He's a comedy writer and maker of the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. I've got the, the, the full info that Puff Daddy based his songs. It's all about the Benjamins. What? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is Benjamin Partridge. What is good with you, Benjamin? Hiya. Um, my good thing is that I'm in California for the first time in my life, on, on a holiday, basically. Very good. Uh, today, I had some Mexican food, which is kind of what I was excited about doing coming yes. to America, because in Britain, we have a Mexican food, but we crucially don't have any Mexicans. And that, uh, and it's a problem. It's a big problem. Uh, and I had some great stuff today. I uh, I had a taco, and then they gave me a kind of chili next to it, which I had in one, and that was a big mistake mm. because I've had a chili before that was hot, but this one uh, seemed to be attacking my central nervous system somehow. <laughs> it was reprogramming my DNA somehow, uh, and I was genuinely worried I wouldn't be able to speak this evening. <laughs> 
But this it, is how we learn things. Yes, but it's, it's all come back. So Excellent. Um, I'm having a great time. Well, we're, we're very happy to have you. Do you remember where, where the, 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 the Mexican restaurant was that you went to, or was it a taco stand? I'm it was, very intrigued it, by this. It was in the Grand Central Market in downtown LA. Oh, okay. I think is, that's what it's called. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Grand Central so Market. Was, was it like maybe white people tacos? Or I, can't, it, I don't it, even it, know it, what's it there anymore. It might have been white people tacos. <laughs> they got all kinds of things. <laughs> but you know what I mean? White people tacos in, in California and Los Angeles. They're pretty. They're pretty. Yeah. They're not that bad. Hey, there are plenty of white people there. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I, like, the one I definitely thing... have some white people beer because that stuff was expensive. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, yes. my yes. God. Yes. yes. Um, there's, you know, and then they had to tip the person who gave me the beer despite all the fact all they'd done was open a tap for, like, what, 10 seconds? <laughs> And I gave them, what, $2 or something? Yeah. Your country is a mess. Welcome to America. Yeah, yes, it is a mess. Sir. The one it thing that mess. you guys have going for you, too, is the way that you say tacos, which makes me so happy every time I hear anyone from the UK say tacos. Why? What did I say? Because, and I don't want you to feel self-conscious about it, but whenever I <laughs> watch, late. like, whenever I watch British TV and they talk about tacos, it's like tacos. <laughs> Ta- tacos. It's like when the Canadians say pasta. Yeah. yeah. It's just so adorable. I just love it. We live for that. <laughs> I do. How does the Canadian say pasta? They say pasta. pasta. We, we say pasta. Oh God, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your adorability is through the roof, <laughs> Ricky. You're what's good? Oh, thank you, Alonzo. Thank you. Uh, I mean, I, I, I last week I was pre hiatus, Ricky. Now I am full on hiatus, oh, Ricky. My yo. favorite of all Rickies. Oh, if I can just. <laughs> Read you my schedule of what I'll be doing no. in the next couple of days. <laughs> Will I be going to a Prince roller skating event at the Moonlight Rollaway tomorrow night? Yes, I will, nice. yo. Yes, I will. Will I be seeing 2001 at the Dome in Hollywood on Friday night? Yes, I will. Will I be seeing a, an early screening of Sorry to Bother You on Sunday night, followed by a Q&A with Boots Riley Show Yo Ass? Yes, I will. God, I love Hiatus Ricky. What a time to be alive, y'all. Are you getting a pedicure? I should, right? Yes. I should. Get the whole I, should. Thing. I, was, I wasn't going to say anything, but you should. <laughs> Those talons need work. Come on. Do you... Uh... Um, how long are you on hiatus for? Like, how long does this last? How long do we get you like this? I will be in this lovely spiritual mood until I believe the date is August 20th. Jesus. Oh yes. my God. Yes. What's he like when he's not on hiatus? Just uh, mean. Less than. <laughs> just, just so mean. I throw so much furniture. So much furniture. What are you, a throw. public school teacher? You get three months off? Yeesh. It, now, I will say that while I am in a good mood, uh, externally, internally, I am freaking out about money. I God. mean, I am oh, like, yeah, like yeah. crying and praying. Because, and of course, you will never work again. I will never work again. Yes. I am, I've been black blacklisted in this city so many times <laughs> it's 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 terrifying but who cares about that because the weekend i'm gonna have is gonna be so dope i'm so excited i'm also excited about tonight's show because on today's episode it's another panelist choice y'all for our first go around in this series i chose cloud atlas alonzo took us on a trip to 1997 spice world for the fun drive taping and today it's april's pick the 1971 Australian Nightmare Wake in Fright, which is about white people who drink and shoot guns. 
we will also be talking about that's, that's pretty much I it. I think I still put up there, right? Yeah. Co- co-starring kangaroos. Oh, R.I.P. Yeah, all right. Uh, we'll also be talking about weird meat in movies, and as always, we will have our staff picks. But first, it's time for a news roundup game called It Addict, short for Is This Important? Do I Care? Here's how it works. I'll read a news blurb or a headline. April, Alonzo, or Ben will jump in with their take by answering these two questions. Is this important? Do I care? Oh, yeah, y'all. I don't know if you heard, but the playground is dangerous. While filming the new movie Tag, which is a true story about a group of grown men who are in a years-long game of Tag, there were several onset injuries. The cast includes John Hamm, Isla Fisher, Ed Helms, and Jeremy Renner. Here's a clip of John Hamm on Ellen explaining what went down. Let's take a listen. Uh, we had several onset injuries, the most notable being, uh, I was not there that day, so it's impossible to blame this on me, uh, Jeremy Renner, who broke both of his arms at the same time. Day three of production. <laughs> we had 40 more days to go. Did y'all shut down production for a while? No, he wore uh, green, kind of green screen casts that were, uh, you know, that we eventually painted out in the, in the edit. Wow. Uh, Wow. Is this important? Do you all care? Look, if they couldn't if they, if they couldn't cover up Henry Cavill's mustache ah. in Justice League, I'm just imagining Jeremy Renner walking through this entire movie with his arms akimbo, like <laughs> some sort of like, you know, those monkeys that play the drums, you know, that you wind them up and the monkey shines. Yes, exactly. Well I think he's got the symbols, but I mean there's the ones that play the drums too, you know. They should have done that thing you do when you're a kid and you get your friend to put their arms under your armpits and kind of do the arms They could have got Ben Affleck to do that he's not doing much no, he's hanging out at the beach it's gonna be really complicated for playing hawkeye i would think but you know whatever anyway i have the next one i okay. think yes. um news uh so this is a fun one uh, this is sh- okay brett ratner is telling people he's going to direct rush hour four but wb says no he's not <laughs> according to the hollywood reporter disgraced pervert <laughs> <laughs> Which one did did Casey write this? <laughs> he knows me. <laughs> According to the Hollywood Reporter, disgraced pervert Brett. Rat- I'm just disgraced pervert mm-hmm. Brett Ratner. Disgraced pervert <laughs> Brett Ratner Can has been telling <laughs> has been telling his associates in quotations that he's directing Rush Hour Four. Who are his associates? Okay. In response, a Harvey high- Weinstein, yeah. <laughs> Bill Cosby. Um, in response, a high level executive from Warner Brothers has said, quote, Brett has been walking around town telling people he's going to direct a Rush Hour movie because it's his only way back in. He's trying to make believe he's employable, quote, end quote. And putting together a movie with him would be a, quote, suicide mission. Wow. A little bit like Suicide Squad. (laughs) Um, But Warner Brothers has also not released any official statement denying Ratner's claim. So is this important and do you care? Go away, Brett Ratner, please. Just go away, please. I haven't seen any of the Rush Hour movies. Don't hate me. Relax, everybody. Uh, And also, like, after not seeing any of the Rush Hour movies and then hearing about Brett Ratner's behavior, I'm just like, yeah, bro. We're good. Take it easy. Don't you guys, like, like Jackie Chan, uh, by the way, is, like, the greatest human on the planet. (laughs) I do not think he would work with Brett Ratner after all the allegations. He would be like, that's cool. I'm going to go back to teaching people how to recycle. Because he (laughs) (laughs) fucking does that. That's what he does. (laughs) He does that in his spare time. Wow. 
Do you see him as a kind of moral barometer? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's Jackie Chan's world. We're just living in this. <laughs> okay, so I'm Perfect reading the next one. Famous British man, Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> 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 he is apparently a superhero in real life, as well as... Uh, his on-screen role. I'm trying to think which superhero he's played. Doctor Strange. Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange yeah. With a very bad American accent, I'm told. Oh, it's, it's okay. okay. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. It's no Matthew Reese on the Americans, but you know. Oh. <laughs> I just can't That's tell you. So pe- I saw someone tweeting saying um, Benedict Cumberbatch should not be allowed to do his American accent anymore. But to me, it always sounded absolutely plausible. But then, is it, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> But Matthew Reese is good at it. Matthew Reese is great. I mean, there's a whole scale. You've got like Ewan McGregor is bad at just sort of generic American, but if he's Southern, then he's okay. Okay. (laughs) He can pull up big fish. He did fine. Yeah, Yeah. I I love you, Philip Morris. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, According to the Sun, uh, which is the worst paper uh, ever printed, (laughs) Cumberbatch was in an Uber with his wife when he saw a food delivery cyclist get hit over the head with a bottle by four attackers. I don't know if they were all holding the bottle at once or if they all <laughs> took it in turns with the same bottle if there were four bottles. Uh, Cumberbatch jumped out of the car, ran towards the scrum and dragged the muggers off the victim. They tried to punch Cumberbatch. Do they not know who this guy is? <laughs> but he was able to fend them off and they fled. Uh, it should also be noted that this incident happened near Baker Street where Sherlock Holmes lives. Although I should... Uh, Remind everyone that Sherlock Holmes is fictional. What? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Slow down, bruh. So, Slow down. So to say he lives there is a bit of a stretch. I saw him on the TV, though. <laughs> Several times. And he looked just like Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Which is a huge coincidence, right? Yes. Um, is it important? Is this important? And do you care? Well, Tom Cruise hasn't saved anybody lately, mm. so you know we we need a little daring do. Every Wouldn't it be so often. great if like celebrities just like went out looking for trouble to vigilante try to like justice. Yeah, vigilante like, but just like to be kind, like I'm going to help you. <laughs> <laughs> Who did um, Tom Cruise say? Oh, not, not Katie Holmes. For, no, 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 quite the opposite. <laughs> for a while there, he was constantly like fishing people out of the Thames and like <laughs> chasing muggers off. I'm like, there was a whole thing. Usually, when he had a movie to promote, but nonetheless, I'm sure that was. <laughs> Pure coincidence. Coincidence. Pure coincidence. Pure coincidence. Um, I think this is great. I think it's very important and I care deeply. <laughs> well, well done, Benedict. He's the batchiest. Didn't Werner Herzog like save Joaquin a- Phoenix a- yes, there you go. from a mountain lion or something yeah. crazy like that? It was that? something insane, yeah. Something bananas that just sounded like a Mad Lib, but it really happened. <laughs> I don't remember any of that. Google it. I'm not making okay. this up. It's, it's an amazing story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like when I feel like celebrities, they're just like us. Yeah, just you know? saving people from people <laughs> being attacked with a bottle. Yeah, I don't generally do that, but... <laughs> you Never saved anyone. Have you seen, you've seen the video of Werner Herzog getting shot, right? No. Oh, my God. Right. There's a, a British film uh, journalist and reviewer called Mark Commode. Okay. Yeah. He's yeah, very yeah. famous in Britain. Um, and I think it's with him. He did a little um, interview with Werner Herzog on the BBC. And they're, I think they're in California, maybe, or somewhere in America. And uh, they're walking. Well, because there's a gun involved. <laughs> <laughs> and they're walking along just in the kind of middle of nowhere. And then you hear a bang. And Werner goes, oh! And Mark goes, 
everything okay? Then he goes, it's okay. I've just been shot. (laughs) (laughs) But they continue with the interview and uh, as if nothing has happened. And he was shot with an air rifle just by a guy going past in a car just for fun. And you can watch it. It sounds like I'm making it up and I'm having some sort of mental breakdown. No, this sounds amazing. Uh, Maybe I've misremembered it, but you absolutely have to go on YouTube and find it. Everything happens to Werner Herzog. (laughs) Oh, that sounds amazing, dude. And also, solid Werner Herzog impression. Yeah. Solid. That was really great. We was, should make was... all of our guests do that. We've had, like, two that are pretty solid yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I have been shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are going to take a break. When we come back, we will be talking about April's choice, Wake in Fright. You are listening to Who Shot Ya? I <laughs> uh, love it. Oh, good oh, man, stuff every time. Uh, well, I hope that you're enjoying this podcast you're listening to as much as we are pretending to. But anyway, why not listen to another podcast too? It's called The Flop House. And on our podcast, uh, we have recently watched a movie, often a bad movie, and we review it on our podcast, but mainly talk about other stuff and, I don't know, hang out. It's all about hanging out, feeling like you're being with your best friends. Who are your best friends? Us three. Dan McCoy, <laughs> Emmy Award-winning writer for The Daily Show, Stuart Wellington, owner of the best bar in Brooklyn, Hinterlands, and Elliot Kalin, former Emmy-winning head writer for The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, former head writer of Mystery Science Theater 3000, The Return, uh, so many things, author of the upcoming children's book. All right, that's dog. enough. The Elliot's credits just go on and on. Yeah, but if you like the idea of listening to three funny guys talk about bad movies, then why not come over and listen to The Flop House? It's uh, available at MaximumFun.org or wherever fine podcasts are found. So get out of here. Welcome back to Who Shot Ya? I'm your host, Ricky Carmona. Joining me in the studio are... April Wolf, Benjamin Partridge. Alonzo Duralde. Today, we are talking about Wake in Fright. April... If you could please give us a brief synopsis of the film and why you wanted us to watch this movie. Okay. So, in this movie, we've got this uh, provincial school teacher uh, in, oh God, I can't remember like the tiny village that he's teaching in. But it's, he's in Australia in the outback. Tabunda or something like that. That's right. Tabunda, yes. Yeah. And so, he's got like his break. And so, he's got a summer break. He gets to go. It's a Christmas movie. Yeah, that's right. I keep forgetting it's a Christmas movie. They like keep putting like, yeah, oh my God. So Christmas is well, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Nothing like the Australians. Did you include that in your book? I wish I had. Uh, I got to go back now and circle back to it. It's essential. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, he's got a Christmas break and he gets some time off. And so he's going to go to Sydney to see his quote unquote girlfriend. Um, Robin, and uh, he keeps saying he's got like a thousand dollar debt to pay off to like the ministry that, you know, paid for his education to teach, and then he can go to, he can go to England, and his accent is very English. He's not an Australian accent whatsoever. He's either born England or cultivated an accent because he doesn't want to be part of the Australian crew. So he ends up going to this place called the Yaba, um, and he meets a sheriff who's like menacing and kind of nice at the same time, but convinces him to just start drinking a lot. And so they drink a lot. This whole movie is a lot of drinking. Everyone in town. (laughs) Everyone in town is drinking, drinking, drinking. And um, then he ends up getting caught up in this sheriff's uh, 
web of friends and then meets a bunch of other people, ends up losing some money in a bet. And it's it things get kind of nuts because he can't seem to escape this place and he kind of starts to enjoy it and feeds this kind of inner inner part of him that is not what he thought he was before and so he's kind of succumbing to what maybe he he is and so yeah that's it in a nutshell uh, and also shirtless Donald Pleasance. Hello. Oh boy. Shirtless so Dr. Loomis. Come on now. <laughs> Toxic masculinity, the movie. <laughs> uh, it's very intense. Uh, that is what happens in the movie. Uh, Abel, can you tell us why you chose this movie? Well, okay. So here's a couple of things. I've been dying to like make people watch this movie anyway because we. I think that it's a really good thing to talk about topically because you have this kind of um, uh, push and pull between the rural and the city people and, you know, one doesn't understand the other and there's there's a lot of presumptions there. And then there is what Alonzo said, it's a lot about toxic masculinity and what, the, what that happens, uh, what happens in these situations where uh, there are three, three men for every one woman. Because that's what the population is in these these small areas, um, and and how people um, kind of try to find friendship and find um, you know not love but just physical touch. And here it's a lot of fighting, um, and also because we've got our guest today, and there's uh, definitely some interesting hunting scenes there, and they eat some weird meat, and. <laughs> 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 and and we will be talking about meat and this and, and what that is and uh, in this film and um, also the idea of uh, Brits versus Aussies. I'm very mm. curious about that um, because it, it does seem in this movie where the Australians, you know, they're just like, oh, British people, why are we? care about those and you got john grant who like just wants to get to london you know <laughs> you know, like what is it like to live in a colonial empire <laughs> so yeah that's it yeah it, 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 what were your impressions based based off of that benjamin well to start with it is brilliant so you absolutely have to watch it i really enjoyed it i watched it on the plane yesterday and i had that thing plane movies always an interesting thing anyway but you know uh, i wasn't sure if i could watch it I knew it was an 18, and I knew it was meant to be a bit sort of full on. So I was a bit, and then very early on, there's a bit where there's a bit of full frontal Gary Bond, looking very nice indeed. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking, is this going to be a bit too racy <laughs> to watch, kind of in public? Yeah. But it turns out it's just more weird than racy. So mm-hmm. that was fine. Um, the woman in front of me, chillingly, out of all the films she could have chosen on the little system, was watching The Mask. Oh my god. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Jim Carrey? Yeah. Oh, wow. Cuban Pete. <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. Um, so I was watching this, and um, it's great. But as you say, the, it's really weird because the main character, I thought maybe isn't British, is just a class of Australian who has that kind of accent. And I think that's used, I don't know what, what the truth is, but is used to sort of show, show that he's kind of a bit pretentious and a bit stuck up. And, yeah. But I don't know what the what the reality is. It doesn't really say if he's British or not. Because he, he said he wants to go to England, but it doesn't sound like he's been there before. Um, so I'm not sure. But he's this kind of upper class sounding. He's got a very odd accent or very. 
it sounds odd next to everyone else. And it's really fun because they're all kind of going, let's go and shoot some kangaroos. And he goes, no, I'm not, I'm not sure about that, fr- fr- friends. And then kind of sec- <laughs> seconds later, he's like drunk and topless and shit. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, it's, it's really funny how quickly it just goes all wrong. Really. Yeah. Um, I was expecting it to be like deliverance. You know, I thought it was going to be like posh city guy mm. messes with the wrong, you know, like uh, rednecks and they like chase him through whatever. But it was like, oh, no, 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 no. No, it's creepier because he sort of like winds up giving in to sort of these worst impulses and kind of like it was very goobble gobble one of us after a while, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on here. I, you know, I don't know. If, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a there's a moment between him and Donald Pleasance we really need to talk about because yes. I'm not entirely sure what went down and what the movie's implying goes no. down but it's like hey now I, I didn't think the movie was being subtle with what it was implying right okay. there I felt like it was being very upfront like these okay, two hooked so up that night that wasn't just me then, then okay oh yeah no yeah yeah I yeah. definitely got that vibe and in fact when it. it when it played in France and Cannes uh, um Martin Scorsese, very young, hadn't been successful, was in the audience, and he famously yelled, Oh, they're going to do it! And and it was uh it was like it's a legend that's lived on and he was one of the people who really helped try to get it on Blu-ray because he was he was like they're going there <laughs> he was just he wouldn't he couldn't shut up he was just like it's beautiful <laughs> but, but it's it's maybe not very nice to talk about but I was is it. I wasn't sure it was going to be a consensual That's the thing, thing that's left I, up, yeah. I was pretty sure it wasn't, uh, but I don't know what you thought. I wasn't sure. They, you know, I, I, I feel like i got a Zapruder film it to really kind of figure <laughs> out, like, frame by frame, what Donald, are we dealing Donald with Pleasance, here? Donald Pleasance is kind of very physically imposing, even though he's not much bigger than the guy. He has this kind of way of moving and holding yes. himself, yeah. where he's just this kind of, I don't know, he feels very... Um, I don't know what the word is, just like dominating. Authoritative, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, yeah. It felt like every character that our, our main, I'm going to call him not Peter O'Toole, because when I saw him, I was like, oh, that's Peter O'Toole. <laughs> I thought it was Peter O'Toole. And I was like, yeah. oh, wait, that's not Peter O'Toole. Yeah. So you're yeah, not like Peter O'Toole. Like Lord Jim era, yeah, totally. <laughs> I felt like every person that he ran into was somebody who could just have dominance over him. Like, that was, like, a thing that he had to struggle with which with each person that he ran into. And he wasn't always necessarily against it. He would ju- It was just kind of like, well, how will I deal with this situation? And with the Donald Pleasant situation, I felt like at, at that point in the movie, I mean, they've, they're, they've been drinking so much. And yeah. they were so fucking balls out drunk already. It's it's one of those things where like, hey, this is happening right now. Okay, yeah, why not? We're out in the fucking middle of Australia, the outback. I'd heard that uh, the director, um, Ted, how do I say it? Kachev. Ted Kachev had uh, purposely, I heard this, that he purposely cast a gay actor as uh, John Grant to to kind of bring out these themes of um, maybe latent homosexuality or, or really trying to fight against that. Because one of the things, like, we should talk about this girlfriend that, like... Does she exist? <laughs> Did know, the like picture the, just come with the wallet, maybe? Yeah, yeah, like the, reaction, the reaction on Jeanette's face when she's like, you know, it's just like, oh, my God, is this like a catalog? And he just cut it out? Because we don't know. But it's just like there's so many things left unsaid. Right. You know? But also, every time I saw that image of her or the little bit of footage of her coming out of the sea, all I could think was, how do you do up that swimming costume? It was <laughs> That was a nutty bathing suit. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, no, I, the 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 fact that that it was a that it was a gay actor, I thought was an interesting choice. I looked him up. He he died of AIDS complications in the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. Mostly did theater, didn't do a lot of film. Yeah. but he's really good in this because he's not sympathetic at all. No, I mean, don't like you, him at all. You can from the from the from the jump, he's kind of a tough, you know, and yeah. so you're not really necessarily rooting for him. But at the same time, you're he is this great sort of like. Uh, a, uh, delivery device for oh, the discomfort of the film, you know, and God, everyone drinks so much. And th- there's a great unsubstantiated story on uh, uh, Wikipedia where apparently at the premiere of the film, somebody got up and yelled, this isn't us. And Jack Thompson said, sit down, mate, it's us. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, yeah, I have heard that story, too. Ah, oh, well, I mean... I... Man, I, I guess I, I don't know any other way to say this other than I hated this movie so much. I really? Oh, yeah. Like, it, like I didn't like... Did it, you hate watching it or did I you hated, actually hate it? I hated watching it. I, <laughs> I did not enjoy anything that was happening on screen. And then once it gets to the whole... The, the, the whole hunting for kangaroos, I was like... Yeah. What, what? Why am I here right now? What is this for? Because I already don't like these dudes, and now that now you're showing me these guys like be drunk out of their minds, kill kangaroos. Yeah, I already know they're pieces of shit. So what else? It it, it felt like I, I mean the the, the yeah. if, if, he keeps saying, the, the the quote that I kept that I kept going back to was the director saying he wanted people to like sweat when they were watching this movie and i was like that's such like a surface level reaction not, that you're expecting but, but not from that from the production design is a, what he wanted people to sweat from oh watching. is that right yeah the, okay well then the, i read that wrong the royal australian something something for animal rights actually forced him to put in all of that kangaroo hunting footage because they they had him go along with kangaroo hunters because everyone who made this movie was vegan. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yeah. So... And, and so they like they went and they like everyone was just like so sick and they were just like so sad and then they had to they had to edit in and they were like the Australian council was just like if you don't do this then people won't see what happens. And how uh, brutal it is. And how because like they what was happening was uh the at least a hundred kangaroos would be slaughtered every night and be packed up and shipped to America for pet food. <laughs> and uh. so they they ended up banning that practice uh, shortly. Not shortly. Man, I can't remember like how many years after this movie was released. But it was like doing huge part to this movie. So well, also according to the wiki page, apparently they they got these professional hunters to do the hunting, but they all got drunk and it <laughs> yeah. kept going on and on and the crew was just like getting more and more just sort of like disgusted by the whole thing and they finally had to fake a power outage so they could all go home. Wow. <laughs> and I I feel like I've said this on the show too, like I don't have a problem watching movies where you know the main character is a bad person or somebody that you're yeah. not necessarily cheering for. Mm. I have no problem watching that. But with this one in particular, I was like, I hope more bad things happen to you, <laughs> sir. <laughs> you know, like I just was not feeling it. It, I, it, it just it, it, it didn't it, it didn't hit for me in the sense of like getting 
whatever message he was trying to give me, I was just angry the whole time watching it. And when that credit scroll comes up at the end where it's like, you know, hey, that, that was actual real scenes. They were, I was like, fuck you, man. <laughs> I, almost, I almost took a picture of it and put it like on Twitter. Like, yo, April, shout out to you picking this movie, but fuck all these dudes. But I didn't want to be that angry. But, I mean, oh, I was it, salty, yo. It's the worst cliche when people say, like, I just want to hold a mirror up. But I think there are like, you know, there's people like this in America. There's people like this in Australia. There's people like yeah. this in most countries where, like, they are they they live out in the middle of nowhere. They are they have no like culture around them, and like this is the life that they create for themselves, and they revel in it, and they're proud of it, and like you're the asshole for not behaving exactly the way they do. And I think this movie is is brilliant in the way that it it doesn't judge them because it doesn't have to it just shows it and you're like oh my god this is a thing and this is i know this is a thing because i know these people or i've i've encountered these people one way or another over the course of my life and like yeah this movie is just like you know literally giving it to you with both barrels because it's not it's not editorializing and it's not you know making them trying to make them sympathetic or trying to make them look worse it just is and you're soaking in it the, sc- the scariest thing is how like he just falls into the peer pressure, and I'm yeah. like, man, if I was in that situation, I would do the same thing. I would be like, give me a beer. We're going to go shooting? 100%. Yeah, let's go. Kill some kangaroos. Like, that was – that thriller aspect of it hit and worked for me, but oh, man. Well, was... that's that's what I like about it because it's kind of what April says of, like, he starts to enjoy himself, and the way he's set up is he's meant to be this kind of genteel – Yeah. It's, it's interesting to me because that's what – uh, a certain kind of person, uh, certainly in Britain, maybe here, sees as being what you're meant to be like, right? You're meant to be smart. You're meant to be polite. You're meant to wear get... a necktie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's literally wearing a tie in the middle of the desert. You know, that's to me is kind of obscene. And uh, anyway, and and he's meant to represent this. And it just the way that he very very quickly ends up gambling away all his money and drinking more beer than I've ever seen in my life, and then <laughs> shooting people. It, it's a lovely thing of showing that. That's all just for show. It's, he is, at the end of the day, still the same venal character that all these people living in the desert are. And yep. um, I really like that because it just felt like you're not meant to think, oh, this, this lovely man was corrupted by these people. You're meant no. to think, he's <laughs> as bad as them, really. Yeah. It's just, yeah. This is all facade. You know? It took very little to like nudge it, him exactly. into that category. Yeah, yeah, just like one extra beer. Uh, I'm glad that you don't like it, though, because there are going to be listeners who are like, fuck that movie. And we, <laughs> we need to have that represented. Oh, sure. <laughs> I, certainly, I didn't like the kangaroo shooting bits. It's so it's more for me. It's just odd more than anything else. It's like no, such an I, odd choice to show it. I was I, guess I was horrified more. while I was watching it, but then when I was done, I glad I was. I'm glad that I saw it. I'm I because you found it arousing. Or... <laughs> yes. <laughs> He was like, I found a new thing I'm into. Start to finish. <laughs> Donald Pleasance <laughs> slash fiction. We are going to rewind these clips right here. Uh, overall, though, uh, we, we can go around. What, what, what do people think of this movie? Should they, I mean, we're, we're, this is going to be just under two categories because you can't really screen it. Uh, so should they stream it or skip it? Oh, stream it. I mean, I yeah, I'm so glad I saw this. I had never heard of this movie and, you know, it's tough to stump the band. I mean, there's a lot of movies <laughs> that I haven't there's a lot of movies I haven't seen, but there aren't a lot of movies that I've never heard of that wind up being important. I mean, and uh, this is and I'm glad I saw it. So thank you, April. 
Uh, I think stream it. Yeah. Um, I think aside from everything else, all of the acting performances are really extraordinarily good. And just individual character actors doing really, really solid work. So I think, uh, you know, even if you're not into seeing kangaroos getting shot, it's kind of worth it. <laughs> but if you are... Well, if you are, I mean, this is the yeah, top well, of the list. No one said that so far. I mean, if that's what you've been looking for all these years, finally. Oh, it's, oh that is horrible. But um, the acting, uh, you know, I felt like I had to go and look up all those actors, especially that the guy who plays the police chief. I can't remember yeah. his name. Chips, Chips Rafferty. Rafferty. Yeah, oh my God. I mean, what a brilliant actor. I would now go and search for any film he was in and watch it. Because I know, I, I know, right? Donald Pleasance. We just, like, before we go, like... Yes, he had a dewy period, I guess. (laughs) He, like... Oh, man. He has to pull so much double duty on all of this because he has to be still kind of charming at the same time that he's menacing. This guy is just fucking amazing. I love him so much. And and baby Jack Thompson before he became, like, the face of the Australian New Wave and, like, Breaker Morant and stuff. So weird. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did... Did Ted Kotcheff direct something like Weekend at Bernie's or something like that? I he want did. to say yes, he did. He yes. did. And First Blood. Yeah. He yeah. did First Blood? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. He did. Okay. I'm back on board then. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, but you could, like, it's interesting. I want to watch Weekend at Bernie's again and be like, how can I compare these? You know, like, <laughs> like, are the shots similar? What's the Does doctoral like a thesis that here? Down? Like, I'm really excited about rewatching that movie. Corpses in the work of Ted Kotcheff. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't. I don't want to say uh, any more because I feel like I've been very negative on it. I would say if you. Um, it, no, I'm not joking here. I joke all the time. But I, if you love Donald Pleasance, watch this movie for Donald Pleasance because he is like other level in it. Like I've only seen him. I've only seen him in John Carpenter movies like Halloween and Prince of Darkness. I can't think of something else. So, like, to see him playing a different role, I was like, oh, this is dope. This is great. He was one of the Blofelds. Oh, damn. See, okay. There you go. All right. Yeah, yeah. He's all right in that. No, I'm kidding. He's great in that. He's great in that. He's great in that. Uh, so, I would say stream this movie if you love Donald Pleasance, but I would skip this myself. Yeah, we are going to take a break. When we come back, we will be talking weird meat in films. You're listening to Who Shot Ya? Hello, are you looking for a new comedy podcast? In which case, can I draw your attention to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast? It's a fictional industry podcast for the beef and dairy industries. It won Best Comedy at the 2017 British Podcast Awards, and it features wonderful guests such as Greg Davis. To my knowledge, it's the only cow circus that's ever existed in this country. In rural Russia, every small town has a cow circus. Josie Long. You should have a beef. Have a beef with them. I have a beef with you. I will have a beef with you. Come round my house. And I'll have a beef with you. And Andy Daly. That virus never existed. There was never any such thing as a mad cow disease. That was all a, a, an illusion that uh, Big Lamb came up with. That's the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. Find us at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts from. And I would recommend starting at episode one. Bye. Welcome back to Who Shot You. Joining me in studio today are... Alonzo Duraldi. Sorry, I've got a mouthful of weird yeah, meat. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> ben Partridge. He <laughs> literally is a mouthful of meat right now. <laughs> I'm April Wolf. <laughs> we are, I mean, let's just get into it. We are pulling out all the stops because we have the Beef and Dairy Network's leading authority, Ben Partridge, on the show. 
Beef and Meat in general do not nearly get the amount of coverage they deserve in film criticism. Amen. So, amen. Oh, amen. <laughs> <laughs> Praise be. Uh, today, that changes, y'all. We are going to be talking about Weird Meat in Film. Uh, to kick things off, Ben, do you have any thoughts on why meat is so underrepresented as a theme in film criticism? And, uh, I mean, you already have the... What, what, what do you got in your hands already? You, you, you dived salami, in quick. I think. You got salami? I don't think it is salami. I can't tell you the provenance of this. Is it prosciutto? <laughs> I like, shout out to the word provenance as well. Bresciola? <laughs> <laughs> is it gabagool? Like corned beef or something? It's very good. Um, why is there no meat in films? It's nothing less than a conspiracy. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. An Oliver Stone conspiracy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, eating in films in general is quite a weird thing, isn't it? Because you have that thing where you watch actors move bits of oh, yeah. food around a plate. And yeah, then... actress bites, Dave always calls them. <laughs> Except for Quentin Tarantino's movies. They, people actually do eat in some of those. Mm, true. Some of my favorite scenes are the ones where people Oh, like eat. in, in uh, Death Proof when the four women are in the diner. <clears throat> yeah, and then there's but also it... the, the... What's the one where they kill Hitler? Uh, in Glorious Passions. Yeah, there's like a dessert scene. With, uh, oh, yes, the oh, white right, 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 right. Yes, yeah. yes. There's, yeah, some sort of cream on top or something. Mm. And it's just like you can hear every bit of it being eaten. <laughs> yeah. No meat, though. <laughs> Is it, when's the last time either of you, April or Alonso, have written about uh, beef meat in a film review? That is such a good question. Now I'm like, trying to go back in my that. brain. I just came I'm up with I'm feeling that. very negligent about that. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think I've thought about some scenes and some moments, but like okay. I, you know, well, like there's that there, the in Giant after Elizabeth Taylor has married Rock Hudson and she comes to Texas for the first time and they have the big barbecue and they're like literally roasting an entire cow and they scoop the sweet meats out of its skull and serve it to her on a plate Holy and she shit. and she faints. And she's like, I'm never fainting again. And from that <laughs> moment on, she is like pure D Texas, you know, all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, Parents, which is a movie where these kids, this kid's parents might or might not be cannibals, and we don't know. But all the cuts of meat just look wrong. Mm. <laughs> the bones in a strange place and the fats in a weird place. And it's like, I don't know who art directed the meat for that movie that Bob Balaban directed, but it's just, it's very off-putting. I, I'm a big fan of that film. Who's in Parents? I feel like uh, the the, the, the of, parents, Is Randy Quaid in it? It yes, is Randy, Randy Quaid oh, and Mary Kay Place. No, yes. no, 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 Mary Beth Hurt. Sorry, Mary Beth Hurt. And Sandy Dennis in one of her last films. Wow. It's, a, it's very creepy and very funny. That one's fun. I like that. I like the cover. I remember seeing the cover at the VHS store. That's what yes. I was about to say, yo. Like, I just remember, like, standing Randy in Quaid front of it. Randy Quaid is a nerd, yes. right? It's sort of yes. Norman Rockwell, and they're putting this platter down. Yes. It's like, what's on it? <laughs> I oh, like that's that great. Yes. There is something about the act of eating that you can make so repellent on film. I mean, oh, yeah. like, you know, on, the one, on, on one extreme is sort of like, you know, the scene from Tom Jones where they're seducing each other while eating chicken legs or whatever else. But then you've got, like, I always think of in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory when they interview the parents of Augustus Gloop. And the dad is just, like, stuffing his mouth with, like, you know, sausages and Wiener schnitzel or whatever. <laughs> and he's, like, just drooling a little bit. Ah. And it's just, oh, God, make it stop. <laughs> it's so disgusting. There's also, um, I, I made, like, a list. I think the, yeah. the probably, like, the most, like, weird meat movie that's come out in the past few years is Okja. 
Because um, <laughs> yes. that's a super pig. Um, <laughs> whatever, hippo, super pig. I don't know. It's a super pig. I thought that was very... But I, I wanted to make sure that we covered um, Antiviral, which is not a great movie, but has a, such a great um, concept. It's Brandon Cronenberg. And there's, there's a, a side plot where like celebrities are so um, coveted, like people want to, to have everything that they have and to do everything they do, that these uh, these people developed a market where they cultivate celebrity um, uh, flesh to be eaten and consumed by their fans. Oh. So, like, it's not it's not like they just kind of like take some of the some of their uh, you know essence DNA or something, and then they start making flesh from them so that people can eat these celebrities' meat. Ew! Isn't that like, I'm just like what? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Uh, the you know, there's of course in Rocky the famous you know like punching of the sides of beef in the freezer yeah. and um you know they, they they somebody put out this like line of rocky related like action figures with all these different you know uh accoutrements it wasn't like they didn't have, they didn't have like the, the rocky malibu dream house or anything but there were different <laughs> other sort of side things you could buy for your collection and they had one thing that was sold separately and it was just the meat and it was a little you know, like latex, whatever action figure, plasticky material of a side of beef. So I bought that, yes, and then put a little ribbon through the top, and it's now one of the ornaments on our Christmas tree. Yes, <laughs> that is so cute. That's what's up. Um, do you get when when you're talking about beef? Do like do like bull testicles also count as beef, or is that something different? I'm just curious because like, ah. like it's all it's like part of the whole. Animal, right? In fact, that's a bit we didn't mention about the Wake and Fright film, where Donald Pleasant says the best parts of a kangaroo are its bollocks, right? And he's yeah. got oh, in his right. <laughs> I love that bit. <laughs> <laughs> I've never eaten them. I guess you haven't, as a vegan. Maybe are you allowed if they're not? Is that the one bit you're allowed? I'm only, as a woman, I'm allowed to eat testicles. <laughs> if the bull surrenders them willingly. <laughs> what else is on your list, April? Yeah. Oh, I've got. Um, I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is like, oh, sure. it's a movie about meat. That's what Toby Hooper said. It's, it's been about meat. Like, that's and, what he and have you read the, Do you read, ever read the original script of Saw 2 that was published in Film Comment? No. It was this whole thing where, like, they, they, it completely different from the movie they wound up making, but it basically had, like, the Leatherface family as these sort of, like, yuppie caterers in Dallas that were, like, super popular, but, of course, that's what the meat was. What? It was really funny, and they, they went a whole other direction. Oh, my God. Oh, I wow. wish that... I would, have, I would have seen that. I have a, I have a problem with some of the Saw films. Um, I do have... Uh, do you guys remember that movie Funny Farm with Chevy Chase? Oh, yeah. Like, they make him eat um, uh, sheep balls. Right, right. <laughs> Yes. Rocky Mountain Oysters. Yes. Uh, the Great Outdoors, I always think of the giant steak and the Great Outdoors. Oh, yes! I was about yes. to say, tell me the 96 is on that list. <laughs> yes! There's also the flaming balls in uh, in Real Genius. No, in uh, Top Secret. <laughs> Where, where, where he doesn't know what he's ordering in the German restaurant and they bring out the, the, the balls that they set him on fire. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Oh, God, that whole yeah. dinner. The whole yeah. dinner. I think the thing that, like, I've only, I've never actually seen that movie all the way through. Yeah. It feels like I have at this point, but I've seen enough clips where I'm like, I'm very sure that they eat a snake. Or, like, there's a snake that's alive and then they cut open a snake or something. Mm, many like snakes. Yeah, okay. many they, snakes. Yeah, they scoop it. monkey brain. Monkey, monkey brain. Yes. Monkey yes. brain. There's, like, bugs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Snowpiercer it's kind of a, a lot small of plates thing, isn't it? Oh, God, Snowpiercer, those protein bars. <laughs> All the pro- <laughs> protein bars. Yes. And oh. then how about Porg? 
What's oh, I mean, Puerto, oh, Rico, porn. Puerto Rican meat. <laughs> From Last Jedi, pork is over there. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Last Jedi, pork. I think think I'm on record. I would totally eat that pork. We would fuck up a pork so quick. Well, this will conclude our segment on weird meat. Thank you, everyone. Uh, You've given our listeners a lot to think about. Bon appetit. (laughs) We. And now it's time for Staff Picks, y'all. Every week we ask a panel to tell us about a movie we think folks should check out, any movie at all. Uh, I will start to, uh, with you, April. Is that all right? Are you ready? Yeah. Um, okay. I hope that I'm not stealing one from Alonzo. But uh, it's a movie that I reviewed this week that's coming out on Friday, and it's called Hereditary. Mm-hmm. And it is Ari Aster's, uh, I think it's his debut feature. And it is uh, so disturbing. A lot of people being like, oh, it's so scary. But to me, it's much more disturbing than it is scary. I, I also don't scare very easily, obviously. But th- it, is, um, it is just a work of art. It is, it is a Greek tragedy um, essentially set in the present time with this very cursed family. And it is it just kind of steams roll steamrolls you and you you can't stop it. And the cinematography in this movie is so fucking good. It's just uh, I just want to talk about that for a whole episode of just how amazing the cinematography is, even just using like being in a home, you know, it like crazy, amazing shots of a home like interiors that doesn't happen usually you have to be like out in the countryside or something but they make every room seem ominous and interesting and that's such a difficult feat and i think that probably has to do with some of the production design too it's just incredible go see it and i i will nerd out with people after there there's stuff about it that i loved and stuff about it that kind of bugged me but we'll discuss off for sure for sure (laughs) i'm hearing very many good things about uh, about hereditary and now i'm hearing some conflicting things about hereditary you should see it it's it's exquisitely made i just have some some issues okay I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, checking it out. Uh, Alonzo, what do you got? Uh, well, uh, dropping today when our episode does on Netflix is a new movie called Alex Strange Love. It is written and directed by Craig Johnson, who did um, the Skeleton Twins and the little scene, but I thought wonderful Wilson last year with Woody Harrelson and Laura Dern. Oh. And this is a uh, teen gay coming of age movie, and if it sounds like Love Simon, it's not exactly. Mm. I mean, they they share a very common John Hughesian DNA, but uh, Alex's journey in this film is a little different because he doesn't know or isn't sure what he is, and the film is as much about his dis- journey of discovery as it is dealing with where he winds up. Uh, And it's very well acted and charming and funny. And, you know, there are a lot of kind of fun high school supporting characters and stuff. And it's worth a look. That's what's up, yo. All right. Benjamin, what do you got? Um, I was thinking what to suggest. And I thought I want to do a British film uh, because why not? But in general, they're sort of... uh, not the best. Um, they tend. For to... weddings and a funeral. Hey, no. <laughs> their finest was great. Well, no, they were good, but they're, they're mainly like their finest. There'll there'll be some older actors in it, and they'll it'll be about them. Sort of that one's all right, but there's a lot of ones where it's like Jim Broadbent and Judy Dench like start a book club, and it, <laughs> I think they've just realised that the only people who can afford to go to the cinema are kind of sixty. Mike Lee's like, puttering ex- around the garden. Exactly. Just thinking about like a sense of an ending, where I was just like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I wasn't. So I was thinking, what's a good one? And there was a film called a few years ago called The Girl with All the Gifts. Oh yeah. So this, yeah. Um, it's kind of. Uh, it's kind of like a zombie film, basically. Um, it's set in a kind of dystopian future where most of humanity has been wiped out 
by uh, a fungal infection, which as a sort of serial sufferer of athlete's foot, I sort of really uh, identified <laughs> with. Um, and everyone's been wiped out by this fungus and then all that's left are these people and then children and the children are very, very dangerous and have to be kept in these compounds where they're all like tied up and they've got really sharp teeth and the kids have all gone wrong, basically. And they're out living in the wild and then the adults have to live in these kind of compounds. Um, and maybe I'm making it sound quite boring, but it's not. No. It's very, very good. It's the YA zombie movie for people who are sick of YA and zombies. Oh, wow. What's a YA and zombie? Uh, YA is young adult. You know, the, uh, okay. the, all those sort of Harry Potter, Hunger Games yeah. kind of movies, which we all got tired of. But yeah. Girl with All the Gifts is really good, but unfortunately came at a at a point in the cycle in which we were sort of fed up with the premise, and so people missed what was actually a really yeah, cool well, that's movie. Yeah, well, that's it. No one, no one even in Britain seemed to watch it, and I sort of went just going, I went to cinema, so what's on? I did, like, did that kind of thing of just seeing what's on. What do you got? Mm-hmm. And literally no one I know has ever seen it but I think it's kind of stands up as a properly good riff on the zombie movie which I know is kind of as you say a kind of done thing but mm. it was good and oh, my well. lady Gemma Arterton is in it she's very good that's what's up yeah. Paddy Considine Glenn uh, Close Glenn Close being sort of this kind of oh, evil yeah. oh I love Glenn Close oh that's yeah. right I forgot yeah. about that yeah friend of the show Glenn Close shout out to her <laughs> <laughs> my, oh my DJ God, Glenn Close <laughs> <laughs> well uh, after watching uh, Wake and Fright uh, I needed something to cleanse uh, my palate to Sour. put me in a very good mood. So I went to Netflix. Uh, I follow. Uh, I follow DJ. Uh, I follow DJs. I'm from Chicago. I love house music. I follow just what DJs do. So I saw this one DJ on Instagram tweet about this movie called uh, "Jules Catch One." Hey! Yes, yeah. and then uh, I watched this on Netflix as soon as Wake and Fright was on because I was like, I need to watch beautiful gay people dance. Yeah, <laughs> that's what needs to uh, fix my spirit, and it is amazing. It's an amazing documentary about uh, a Jewel Tice Williams, who is the owner of the famous LA club called Catch One. Which uh, here's, the, the, here's the, what it's, Netflix says: It's a safe place for the gay black people, uh, for the gay black people of color, LGB community to come together. Uh, it was a safe haven for them and like I said they just dance their goddamn ass off uh, it's a, just a great documentary uh, where you learn her story uh, how important she was to the culture here it was the first club in Los Angeles to play house music yep. what so I was all about that uh, there's great interviews uh, in the in the documentary uh, with Bonnie Pointer one of the Pointer sisters uh, with Thelma Houston Thelma Houston tells an amazing story about how she got a very early uh, printing of Don't Leave Me This Way and she wanted to go to catch one she wanted to listen to it there she wanted to listen to it there when nobody was in the club she just wanted to hear it like on its own and she had such a great moment she says they just like put it on and they knew as soon as like they like put the needle on the record mm-hmm. and yeah yes and you hear that hum they were like oh we got one and she, Thelma Houston's like and then I won a Grammy <laughs> I was like, yeah, you did, girl. Yeah, you did. I got to do a Q&A last summer at Outfest with the director of the film, with Jewel, with Thelma Houston, oh. and Evelyn Champagne King. Damn. That I am alive today is a miracle. That's because amazing. I died that night. Oh, yeah. That's amazing, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 a fun movie. It's, it's a really great documentary. And uh, 
Yeah, I, it's j- j- just watch it because like oh, the the, thing, the things they talk about in there are, are yeah, so it, it, fantastic. It's a, gr- it's a great sort of cultural history and community history, and you know, uh, it's all about sort of shared spaces. And you know, she really uh, uh, took the baton as far as like when the when the AIDS crisis really hit. She was providing services for you know for uh, black gay people that were just not being provided by anybody else by any governmental you know uh, uh, bodies. Uh, yeah, she's a hero. The, the you know the club was legendary the movie's great we should also shout out Ava DuVernay's Array releasing um, who was the distributor for that oh that's they, right oh, yes. they picked it up and you just thank god there are smaller distributors who are picking up these very important films and putting them in front of audiences because otherwise what the fuck happens to it where does it go I, I never would have heard of it you know it's, it's it's so great and it's on it's on Netflix right now you also check that out uh, next week, we'll be talking about Ocean's 8 with Bowen Yang and Matt Rogers of the Las Culturistas podcast. That will be exciting. Hey, if you like what you're hearing, leave us that good review on Apple Podcasts. Y'all, five-star reviews. Get a shout-out on the show. This week, we got one review, and it comes to us from... Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing it. I feel like every week I say I hope I'm pronouncing this right. <laughs> I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Is it Kunsi or Kunsi? Kunsi? You, 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 you tweet at tweet at us and you let us know if I if I said it right. Uh, but they say I picked up this podcast because Alonzo and April's turns as Pop Rocket hosts were amazing. Oh, thanks. Ricky's hosting is great. His introductions give me life. Well, thank you. And my secret dream is to coordinate the panel asking in unison, Ricky, what's good? <laughs> uh, that's what's up, yo. Uh, also, Ingu Kang is sublime. Isn't she, though? Isn't she, <laughs> she, though? She's going to feel so good about that. <laughs> she's going to feel so good. Benjamin, thank I you. I was expecting more praise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's she, she will lean. She, she's back here, and then she will lean into the mic. And go, oh, she's so intimidating. Freaks me out when she's here, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> Alonzo, oh, I'm sorry, Alonzo. Benjamin, thank you for being on the show. Do you have anything that you would like to plug? Tell the people where they can find you at. Uh, it's my huge pleasure to be here. Um, I'm going to say two things. One, can I say hello to my friend Claire Vaughan, who lives in Cardiff, uh, uh, where I'm from, and absolutely loves the show. So. Oh, oh, hi, Claire. Thank, thank you, Claire. Claire. Oh, Claire is a Twitter friend, and she's wonderful. Too. She's great. She's, she's kind of so cool. movie person. Mm. And um, when I say movie person, she's... She works at a cinema, is what I mean. Um, but she programs a cinema. Just please edit She's a that movie out. person. Oh, yeah. of course. <laughs> I like all the words you're she's saying right now. It. I don't know what her specific job is, but she's really into films and she loves your show. That's what oh, I want to say. thank you. Um, Hi, Claire. Hello, Claire. <laughs> uh, and uh, I guess, yeah, you could listen to my podcast if you wished. Um, that's uh, so polite. <laughs> you're in California, you're in America, just be like, listen to my fucking podcast. I've I've sort of had more of that kind of thing from Lyft drivers than I've had in my like in my day here in California. I've had two Lyft drivers, both have like sort of tried to get me to watch something on YouTube. Incredible! Uh, <laughs> While they were driving, they were And hey, it's June. It's Pride Month. Every day on our Twitter feed, we will be recommending a new LGBT classic to check out. So if you are not already subscribed to our Twitter ness, go do that. That's wow. what's up. That's what's up. Uh, you can also just check out our Facebook group. If you haven't subscribed yet, you can handle that at facebook.com slash groups slash who shot your podcast. If you have a comment and suggestion or suggestion about this week's show, tweet us at who shot your pod or send us an email at who shot you at maximumfun.org. Benjamin, again. Thank you for joining Beef us. Beef and Dairy Network. The, Beef and the Dairy King, Network, yo. The King of Beef, Beef and Dairy, dairy Network, yo. You won awards with that, didn't you? Yeah. 
I have. I'm, I'm uncomfortable talking about it because... Uh, no. This is a safe place, yo. You can say, like, all that shit. My show yeah. is hot. Check it. Oh, yeah. It's, Comedy it's, jokes. It's, it's yeah. hot. I mean, you've got to check it. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you've got to check it. That's, yeah, that's, that's what's up. What's up. That uh-huh. is what's up, yo. Our producer. I feel attacked. No, 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 no. We love that, yo. We love that. We should go out on that. Our producer is Casey O'Brien. Our senior producer is Lauren Swisher. This is a production of MaximumFun.org, and that's what's up, yo. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.